Hey everyone, I just wanted to give you a heads up that in this episode, my wife and I are answering some rather delicate questions of an intimate marital nature. So if you have young ears around, you might not want to be blasting this in the minivan. From the Theology of the Body Institute, this is the Ask Christopher West Podcast. So we're back. This is episode three of our new podcast, Ask Christopher West, which is quickly becoming Ask Christopher and Wendy West. Thank you so much for including me. It's really, it's great to be able to talk with people and I'm grateful to be here. Thank you. You were a little bit trepidatious when I first suggested we be on a podcast Uh, together. Yes, of course I was. You're shining. I just want to, you're shining. I think, I mean, put it in the reviews, people. My wife needs just a little <laughs> encouragement that she's doing a good job. So if you're enjoying the wisdom that's coming from my wife, we need, we need to, she in a particular way, I already know it's awesome. Okay. She needs to maybe a little, just a little encouragement. Yeah. Well, that, thank you. I, I, it wasn't my idea. How about we say yeah, that? It that's wasn't true. my, I didn't think, oh, we should do a podcast together, but it's fun. It's really good. So thank you for inviting me to do this with you. You look great in those headphones oh, over thank there. thank you. Thank you. <laughs> We talked about one of my hidden talents. You know, I, if you didn't listen to episode one, you'll have to go back and listen because I my hidden talent is <laughs> is revealed. And you also have some hidden talents oh. that some people who've maybe followed you for a long time wouldn't necessarily know. And yeah. I don't know if you're... Uh-oh, uh-oh, what's coming uh, out do here? You, do you have any idea what I might I think be I thinking? Might, of? Yes. I mean, actually... You have many hidden talents, and I'm privileged as the one who is married to you to know of your talents, but there's one I was thinking maybe you could share with us today. I know what it is. Okay. My wife really, really loves my ability to whistle. I do. He is such a good whistler. (laughs) I never knew anybody who could whistle like this before. I'm... There are I didn't many know things it was that are amazing that about special. Christopher, but he is a beautiful whistler. So, can, all right, what do you want me to whistle? I, I, time to say goodbye. Is that one too mm-hmm. much for you? You can try it. Okay. That's about all I can get. That's really beautiful. I love it. Thank you. I love that my wife loves my whistle. I don't know why she does, but there it is, folks. I guess I can... Yes, now you know. I guess I can whistle a little bit. You can. It's lovely. Thank you. So shall we go to a question now? (laughs) On that note, shall we? Very punny. Puns puns are another, you know, hidden talent for sure. Got the puns. they are. Okay. So here's a question from Katie, uh, Katie on Facebook. Bless you, Katie, on Facebook. Yes. So Katie says, I'm in high school and have read TOB for Teens, TOB for Beginners, and the good news about sex and marriage. I want to share this with my fellow peers, but I don't know how, since it's not, quote, popular. So how do I share or talk about it to my fellow peers? Bless you, Katie. Yes. So... Sometimes when we think, you know, I got to go share theology of the body with my friends, or I want to go share theology of the body with my friends, you might feel intimidated. You might feel like, oh, that's all that kind of theological stuff. I'm not sure I'm 
well enough trained or equipped mm -hmm. to do it. But Katie, clearly, this is already getting absorbed into your life and your heart. Yeah, I'm just really impressed by all that you've read already. Yeah, Katie, I mean, there's excellent. the fact that you have given yourself in this way already to this level of study of the teaching, that means it's in there. Mm -hmm. Just share your heart, Katie. Share who you are with others. Yeah. And share why this teaching has blessed you. I mean, it's unusual for someone at your age and stage to, to dive in like this, you know, in, in the world today. It might be unusual anyway. Share, share who you are. Share what you've learned. Share why you got so excited about it. Share why you've read these three resources and what it's done to you or what it stirred in your heart. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you share your experience with somebody else, who, who can argue with that? It's your experience. Yeah. So if you're excited about this and enthusiastic about it, share that. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with that. I think it may feel like, you know, because I'm passionate about it, am I supposed to stand up in front of a group and give a presentation? And so that is something to consider, especially, you know, as a high school student, if you happen to be taking a public speaking class or, you know, writing a paper that includes an oral presentation, it is an option, you know, to write on this topic and then present about it in that way. But it doesn't need to be like that. And I think that's what Christopher is getting at, yep. is that the things that have impacted you are the most impactful yep, to others. Absolutely. And actually, you if you've ever heard Christopher speak, I, I often think when I'm listening to him, heart speaks to heart, mm. that, that he shares his heart and uh, is real. And, and that has always been true of you, Christopher. Mm. I've always loved mm. that about you. Thanks, um, lover. It invites others to... It's good to be loved. It is. To also acknowledge what's real in their own hearts right. and their real longings. And, and that's something very hopeful when what we have to share from our hearts is something positive. Because I think we are maybe overshare sometimes how difficult life can be, and, and that is also true. But you've experienced a blessing, and we have a world that needs to know that there are blessings to be had. Um, so I totally agree with what you're saying about sharing what's most important to her heart. And I would say keep studying, too, and you'll, you'll gain more of a confidence on how to share some of the more theological ideas in a way that people can relate to. Here's a kind of a silly analogy, but people who know my stuff know that I use silly analogies all the time. Uh, if you eat a lot of garlic, it's going to come out your pores. You know, if, if somebody is a real <laughs> fan of garlic, you can tell if they've been eating a lot of it because they smell like it's come, literally coming out their pores. Theology of the body, if you take it in, if you mm. let it really come into your heart, so true. it's going to come out your pores. Mm -hmm. And also not being afraid to make mistakes. Yep. You are not... Jesus. Remember that time I made that mistake? I, I think you did It was once. years ago, I, but yes. I corrected it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what I'm saying is that only Jesus knows the perfect thing to say to each person's heart, and you're not Jesus. So if not everything is perfectly received, don't let that discourage you. That's right. I have learned so much from the mistakes I've made over the years in delivering this message, and I'm always, always seeking to refine and fine-tune and mm. learn from how an audience will either receive or not receive what I'm saying. So, But you it, don't have to be perfect. Do not have to be perfect. That's right. Go out there and be yourself mm -hmm. and know that you're loved and you have good things to share. Amen to that. We have another question also from Facebook. The um, question is, what about a couple 
full of love demonstrations that gets married, and 10 years into marriage, the man no longer shows any interest for his wife. You don't send me flowers <laughs> anymore. Sorry. The Just wife, came to mind. Just yeah, yeah. Mind. There's a little more to the question. Okay. The wife suffers because she doesn't feel loved by the husband. How can T.O.B. help this married couple recover their joy? Please do not hear my little singing there as making light of a painful situation. I just have this weird thing. When I hear things, songs come to my mind. Absolutely. If you only knew how many songs I don't share that actually pop into my head, <laughs> I have become more and more disciplined about this. Uh, so what can T.O.B. do to renew a love that has seemed, the, the zest has gone out of the love? Is that what we're... There's a, the, it, the wife is feeling that her husband isn't showing her love and affection anymore. I think we have to be careful not to turn the theology of the body into some kind of cure-all teaching um, or some kind of magic pill or how can T.O.B. solve this or how can T.O.B. solve that. I mean, it's a shorthand for, or it should be, and this is the point that I want to underscore and safeguard, mm -hmm. that when people talk like that, how can T.O.B. help this or how can theology of the body help that? I hope it is shorthand for how can Christ help this or how can Christ help that? Mm. The gift of theology of the body, it's not that we have some, some fabulous teaching that's going to save the world. As John Paul II himself says, mm -hmm. we're not going to be saved by a teaching. We're not going to be saved by a new program right. or a new book or product or, or catechetical lesson. We're going to be saved by a person. We are saved by a person. Mm -hmm. We're saved by Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And I always want to underscore the gift of theology of the body uh, as a teaching of John Paul II is that it gives us a language to recognize Christ in all things. It gives us a language to share Christ in the most intimate places of our lives where we need him the most but a lot of people have this split idea that, oh, Jesus is the spiritual idea over there, and but this is a real painful sexual problem we're having or marital difficulty we're suffering over here or, or just mundane thing. And no, that's spiritual, that's physical, and we split it. Yeah. The gift here of theology of the body is that it, it enables us to encounter Christ in all things, in our bodies, in our desires, in our sufferings, mm -hmm. in our questions, and, and uh, questions of the most intimate, delicate nature. He he's, wants to be part of everything in our lives. So all that is a precursor to, to what I want to say about the specific question. Yeah. How can theology of the body help a marriage where the love seems to have gone out? Mm -hmm. It's Christ and Christ alone who can really enter into these pain points, into mm -hmm. these frustrations, into these struggles and difficulties, and renew the hearts to reawaken the love. Mm -hmm. uh, I also want to say, and, and we have plenty to share here from our own experience, that love is not just a, a, a warm feeling. been through many phases of our relationship where we weren't having necessarily warm right feelings for one another because our wounds were on display, our brokenness or selfishness mm -hmm. was on display and we hurt one another. 
but that doesn't mean there wasn't a love underneath. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes we confuse there's no more love in this marriage because, well, maybe we don't have the warm feelings anymore. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that might be going on underneath this question. Mm-hmm. But here, I want to go back to something Jesus said, which I hope will, will shine a light at, at the heart of the issue. Before Jesus gives us the new commandment, love one another as I have loved you, which is what marriage is all about, learning to love as Jesus loves. Yes. He says, remain in my love. Mm-hmm. Remain in my love. Because if we're not remaining in his love, there's no way we're going to be able to love as he loves. Because you cannot give yeah. what you do not have. So, Wendy, what are your what would you share from our own experience about mm-hmm. where we might have had those feelings go away, yeah. but we had to keep going? And we had to trust that there's still a love in there. Yeah. Well, here's, you know, from a wife's perspective, as grateful as we are to read this question, it could be that we aren't necessarily sure of what the details are yeah. of that situation. And, and you may have heard us say before, each person is a unique person. And um, so there's not one formula that you can say, oh, in this case, here's what you do. Um, But I will share this for for me and Christopher through theology of the body, through our understanding of how our bodies are a revelation of our persons, how our intimacy is an expression of love for the deep mystery mm, of the mm, other. Mm, so mm. so it's not intimacy is not just a physical pleasurable activity, but it has deep deep personal meaning and even spiritual meaning and is a source of grace. Um it allows us to approach one another with a sense of of awe and also a sense that we have an honor and a privilege to be the one mm. to mm. to have this intimacy with yes. the other to recognize it as a kind of ministry that is unique to marriage so um i think that the gift of theology of the body in that way is the depth of meaning that it gives to all the ways that we show love to one another that corresponds to deep places in each of our hearts. Yes. And the gift it can be to recognize even when if I'm not feeling loved in the way that I want to be that I am still privileged and honored to be in this relationship mm-hmm. where I'm also called to love my spouse and to recognize the profound gift that we received in one another. So those are just some thoughts I have from our experience. As you're sharing that, I, my mind is spinning. I could go in a hundred directions mm. here with memories and things we've had to learn together and continue to need to learn together. But mm-hmm. she's bringing up the pain that she's in because her husband mm-hmm. is not showing her the love that she desires. Right. You can certainly speak, Wendy, into that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there have been 101 ways, a 1,001 ways that I've not been able to show you the love that you desire, but you've learned also 
if I can speak to this generally, and then maybe, Wendy, you want to be more specific about it, and you have my permission to be so if you want to be, that this husband is in pain. Mm-hmm. And when someone causes a spouse pain, it's because that spouse who's causing the pain is in pain. Mm-hmm. We, we oftentimes dump our pain on one another. Right. And knowing a person's pain never feels good. Right. But to say, okay, I'm not, I don't deserve to have this pain dumped on me, but I freely accept that my spouse is in pain and I will bear the burden with him or her. That level of love where we say, this doesn't feel good, my spouse is in pain, but following the example of Christ, love one another as I have loved you. This right. is what Jesus did for us. He took our pain upon himself. Mm-hmm. He was innocent of it, right. but he took it on himself. I've learned from you, Wendy, to how, to how to love in this way because you learned the hard way how to love me in this way. Pain mm-hmm. that I've caused you, you learned how to bear that as my main intercessor. I think spouses mm-hmm. often forget that we are one another's main intercessors. Right. Can you speak into that about interceding for a spouse who's causing you pain? Yeah. And, and that we're not talking about being a doormat here. This is very, very important. Mm-hmm. Distinctions are needed. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about just accepting abuse or something like that. Right. Can you speak into that a little bit? Yeah, and these are areas that we may need to have some discernment, maybe some wise counsel. Yes, yes, yes. So talking with either um, a trusted spiritual friend or a, a spiritual director or a confessor. Or counselor. A counselor, absolutely. To clarify where there may be areas that you need to speak up that yes. something uh, unloving or hurtful yes. is needing to be addressed, um, absolutely yeah, we need to do that, and, yeah. and we have and we, experienced yeah. that in our relationship. Yes. But also, the other component you talked about being an intercessor. So when we say an intercessor, we mean one who's praying for another. And I think the point that you're coming to is that rather than praying for him to be nicer to me, mm. praying for him to become who I wanted him to be, or I think I need him to be now. It's a deeper kind of prayer where we're saying, I feel rejected. So instead of thinking about only my own feelings, to ask, Lord, is he feeling rejected? Mm -hmm. How can I pray for him in areas of his life where he feels rejected? So it's a prayer not just to change this person into my my ideal spouse, but prayer right. for the just the needs of the other in his or her journey of life, I think is kind of what we're getting at when we say main intercessor. Yeah, we, we could do 10 episodes in a row unpacking those themes. They're so rich, uh, mm-hmm. but maybe we should leave that at yeah. that for now. And yes, I think on. so. Bless you, bless you, bless you. Who was it who asked that question? Her name is Ade. Ade. Bless mm-hmm. you, Ade. We'll yes. be praying for you, Ade. Okay. Bless you. I have another deep marriage question for you. Oh, boy. So here we go. Here we go. <laughs> uh, this question was anonymously submitted, and it is, if we're trying to abstain 
but my spouse and I still want to enjoy each other? Why are other sexual acts considered bad by the church? Okay, so there are some underlying assumptions here, some undefined terms and ideas that need clarity. Yes, and I could start with the the beginning, and you maybe could do the second half if you don't mind. Okay, sure, sure, sure. So the uh, initial um, part of the question says, if we're trying to abstain. So I think what we're getting at here is somebody who's using natural family planning um, to avoid a pregnancy. Which involves abstinence during the time of fertility. So, yes, so it's during a time, a fertile time where sexual union could lead to a pregnancy and the spouse is in agreement that they need to avoid a pregnancy right now. So they're not going to engage in intercourse. So the initial part, if we're trying to abstain, is talking about using natural family planning. Um, And then the next part says, but my spouse and I still want to enjoy each other. So I want you to take it from there. Okay, so let's define, can you read the... the, Yes, the final part of the question. Yes, so yes. Why are other sexual acts considered bad by the church? Okay, other sexual acts considered bad. Let's start there. Mm -hmm. By sexual acts here, I assume you mean completed acts, and in the language of the church, when we talk about a completed act, we mean an act that brings either the husband or the wife to climax. So if spouses are seeking sexual climax apart from the marital embrace, apart from a completed marital union, Mm -hmm. then those behaviors, if here's a frank way to put it, but it's an honest way to put it, those Mm -hmm. behaviors are really mutual masturbation. Right. It's not a communion of their persons. It's a stimulation of their bodies to the point of a very pleasurable experience. Right. But that pleasurable experience is no longer the experience of a communion in one flesh. Mm-hmm. It's an isolation, actually. It's pleasurable, mm-hmm. but it's an isolating behavior. Right. The purpose of sexual pleasure in God's plan, it's meant to be the joy of loving as God loves. Now, when I say sexual pleasure here, I mean completed sexual pleasure, climactic, okay. and in which an, an orgasm is taking mm-hmm. place. So God invented orgasm. <laughs> he did. Why? Yes. He invented orgasm to be a little taste, a little glimmer in our bodily experience of loving as he loves. Now, again, all the qualifications that John Paul II gives here are important. God is not sexual. Mm-hmm. And and Trinitarian joy is not just an orgasm blown up to infinity. No, 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 no. God's not made in our image. We are made in His image. Sexual joy is meant to be provide a little foretaste, a little glimmer, a little sense of what it means to lose yourself in the gift of self. Mm-hmm. And that's the key phrase here, to mm-hmm. lose yourself in the gift of self. Mm-hmm. God is an eternal communion of life-giving love. Mm -hmm. And we image that. We are called to image the eternal communion of life-giving love by the two becoming one flesh. Yes. So that is all beautiful, wonderful, true when we experience that in communion. When we isolate orgasmic pleasure from the communion, we're not loving as God loves. But this does not mean, and this is the point I wanted to get to, but I had to say all of that first. (laughs) This does not mean that a husband and a wife in their times of abstinence should not be 
profoundly, intimately, nakedly close to one another. Of course, every couple will be different here. Mm -hmm. You have to know what your limits are, and we're not talking about just pushing the envelope to climax and say, oops, I didn't mean that, and do that repeatedly. There might be here and there an oops, I didn't mean that, but that's within the pale of our humanity and learning one another's Mm. sensitivities and dispositions. So I feel like what you're sharing is something that maybe isn't as commonly thought of as part of using natural family planning, which I think what I often hear people say, and not that this is, I'm not trying to, you know, hide that our experience is different from this, but I think other people's might be that the time of abstinence is a time for maybe somebody would say, well, non-sexual togetherness and, or, you know, well, that's the time when you play a board game or watch a movie or something that doesn't lead you to feel tempted and, and to struggle, um, with abstinence, I guess. Um, that, there may be couples who that's what they have to do because right. of where they are in their journey. Sure. I think what we're both trying to say is we want to hold out the possibility of a real freedom in affection mm-hmm. that does not lead to sexual climax. Mm-hmm. It doesn't need to lead to sexual climax. Mm-hmm. Closeness, embracing, kissing, caressing, uh, the, the just physical tenderness. Uh, when, when one is master of himself or herself, Mm-hmm. It can afford this freedom that is beautifully expressive of our love for one another that, that doesn't tempt you to go beyond what you should go. So I think in response to this question, which is kind of asking about moral teaching of the church, yeah. I think maybe part of what you're getting at is the clarification that the church doesn't say that all um, marital kinds of affection arousing even kinds of affection have to lead to completed intercourse. Correct. But that's not to say that it varies couple to couple what type of affection is... Causes what is, kind of arousal and, right, and, and is what prudent, is appropriate and what is prudent. And loving. And loving. Yeah. And loving. It's not loving to stimulate someone to the point of no return. Yes, or deep frustration. Or deep frustration, right. right. So this is, again, it's... It's not a cookie cutter thing. You right. can't say in every relationship, this is wrong, that's wrong. Mm-hmm. It has to do with the different sensitivities. And mm-hmm. John Paul II speaks of the subjective richness mm-hmm. of the individual couples, right? Okay. So I would, I would really encourage listeners out there, we're, we're trying to be, uh, we're not trying to skirt the issue here, but there are certain uh, intimate details, you might say, that might not be appropriate mm-hmm. um, to just voice not knowing who, who's listening out there. Sure. But I would, I would urge everyone, if you have specific questions about these intimate details mm-hmm. of married life and what the church teaches, I would encourage you, please read my book, Good News About Sex and Marriage. Yeah. It's a Q&A book, and I get into the nitty-gritties there. Uh, in a delicate way, but also a frank and forthright way. And there is a, actually a brand new edition of that book just released because that, that was my first book. Remember, Wendy, when I oh, wrote that book? absolutely, yes. Remember how excited I was when it arrived in the mail? Oh, that was awesome. That was pretty fun. And mm-hmm. I, I also remember the day I finished typing the manuscript. Yes. And I think I, I might have held it over my oh, head and sang, sang the, Rocky the Rocky theme. theme. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> da, 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 da. That was that was twelve books ago. <laughs> oh my goodness! That was in 1999, um, and you know when I wrote that book in 1999, 
the issues, for example, uh, the hookup culture didn't exist as it exists now. The gender identity questions didn't exist as they exist now. So I had to revamp that book uh, in this last year, and I, I spent a lot of time doing that. I, I actually really enjoyed doing that. There's a brand new chapter on these gender identity mm -hmm. questions that is part of this new edition of Good News About Sex and Marriage. So we'll have that in the show notes for you where you, where you can get a copy of Good News About Sex and Marriage. Yes. I think that's... Uh, I think that's a wrap for this okay. episode. That, that, that was, was great. That was quick. Mm -hmm. Did we only get to two questions or did we have? Uh, three. Three. We did mm -hmm. get to three. Okay. Hey, if you want to have your question addressed on the Ask Christopher West show, hosted by Wendy West. Ta-da! <laughs> Wendy's in the house. <laughs> you can submit your questions at askchristopherwest.com. You'll also find the show notes there that I was just talking about. And please give us a review while you're at AskChristopherWest.com. We'd love mm -hmm. to hear what you think of the show. We'd also love to invite you to take our free online course. That's a free course from the Theology of the Body Institute. And you can discover that at AskChristopherWest.com forward slash free course. Free course. We love you guys. Thanks so much for yes, listening to you. us. And we'll be back with another episode next week. Yes. Great. Thanks. The Ask Christopher West podcast comes to you from the Theology of the Body Institute with music by Mike Mangione and production by Sounder and Key. Hey everyone, I just want to give you a heads up that in this episode, my wife and I entertain some funny guests at our house who are wearing strange clothes. Um... So you might want to get your strangest outfit and come on over. <laughs> What's going on with you? Just entertaining myself. Um, <laughs>